previously on Those Were the Days. This was actually one of the first shows for TGIF. And I was yeah. like, that is such a Ralph Cramden line. Like, I just had two bumps of cocaine and do I have a show pitch for you? Strap in, folks. It's really funny. In the actual pilot, uh, which I steered us from. <laughs> Thank God you saved us from whatever that disaster was. He was in the episode for like 10 seconds. See, oh, that good. was the only thing on the, on the bingo mm-hmm. card that was missing. We're doing it the best we can. In a move decades behind its time, this show packs more sexism and homophobia into 23 minutes than most shows can in an hour. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Welcome everybody to Those Were the Days, the show that looks back at classic TV through a modern lens with nostalgic eyes. Is Green Acres the place you want to be? Well, we're going to find out. We're headed away from our penthouse lifestyle and out into the country to talk all about Green Acres. I'm your host, Stephen Adams, and I am bringing with me Amy Frost. Oh, you mean a player piano. <laughs> the Audi Norman. Well, it looks like we've written just enough letters to the Department of Podcasting and got just the right classifications for this particular podcast. It's a Class 4 MN-FH-TFOL. That stands for Monday Night, Four Hosts, Three Fellas, One Lady. <laughs> Love it. And TV's Travis. So I was cleaning out my pantry and I found a letter uh, underneath a box of um, of pickled cauliflower, amazingly. And uh, I'm going to open it up here. Let's see what we got. Uh, we've been trying to reach you about your vehicle's extended cinema. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, with those intros, one can only guess at what this show is about. It's about Old Mail uh, in, in Green Acres, uh, a spinoff of Petticoat Junction, which I didn't know about. I had no idea the spinoff of that show. Which I'd only watched like one time, I think. Uh, and apparently, that's you know, it was a big hit. There was a time on CBS where they had a lot of rural focused shows. Uh, Andy Griffith and Mayberry RFD and Green Acres and Petticoat Junction were all part of this like focus on old people <laughs> in the country, not just as content, but as the people they wanted to market to. That's where we were at at this day and age. Uh, when Green Acres came to be. So as we usually do, I'd like to go around the table and figure out how many of you guys have actually watched Green Acres. Uh, Travis. I remember watching Green Acres. There was, uh, it would show up either in reruns on like Nick at Night or uh, I seem to remember it playing on some station in the afternoon. But I definitely remember watching it. I couldn't tell you much about the show aside from, you know, transplanted from New York into uh, the countryside and Arnold the Pig. But I remember enjoying it. You remember more than I do, because I had forgotten all about Arnold the Pig. <laughs> I just knew transplants. Uh, Amy, how about you? I I knew literally nothing beyond I could probably hum you the theme song, because obviously. Sure. Uh, but prior to watching this episode, I knew literally nothing about Green Acres at all. And I was <laughs> delighted. Oh, that's good news. All right. Foreshadowing. Adi, how about yourself? I am like Amy. I had never watched an episode of Green Acres before this week. And I was trying to think, how have I 
when was the first time I ever heard about Green Acres? And I remember the first time I really remember hearing the theme song, and that was in a movie, a Polly Shore movie called Son in Law. Son in Law. <laughs> he sings it as he's on the back of a pickup driving into the the countryside, and um, yeah, that was my experience with Green Acres before this week, and. Uh, <laughs> Just like Amy, I was pleasantly surprised by this show. Nice. You know, like, but a lot of people are down on Polly Shore. He's my guilty pleasure. Without the guilt. Like, I don't even care what people think. I love me some son-in-law. Mm-hmm. And Biodome, for that matter. <laughs> Take that, IMDB. I'm the one person. <laughs> uh, but no, the, yeah, this show for me, the, I don't have a huge relationship with it, though. It's one I feel like I should have based on everything else that I like uh, in TV. <laughs> right. Um, this combines a lot of the magical things for me. It's like, ooh, country people, uh, good comedy, weird characters. Pat Buttram, hello. Pat Buttram. Like, I lost my mind. Lost <laughs> my mind. I heard his voice and like, I was like, no, no, it can't yeah. be because yeah. I only know him from one thing. Mm-hmm. And that one thing is as mm-hmm. the sheriff of Nottingham from the yep. definitive version of Robin Hood. And I <laughs> oh, was yeah. so excited. The show that left all the children confused whether they were attracted to foxes. Some of them, yeah. There's some of them that were not confused. Um, <laughs> not confused. Yeah. Why is Robin Hood so handsome? Uh, that's weird. It's the swagger. It, it did prove to me that Pat Buttram was at one point a young man, so... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like one of the things the only things I really remember about Green Acres was like like you Amy, you hear the voice and you're like that is the voice of my childhood. <laughs> Holy crap, he like act he's a physical human. <laughs> he's a real person. Real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't miss it. Uh for those that that may or may not have watched the episode, Mr. Haney uh is played by Pat Buttram who voiced just an enormous amount of Disney characters mm-hmm. uh, from that 60s, 70s era of mm-hmm. Disney. Um, he's kind of like, you know, Dom DeLuise and Don mm-hmm. Bluth went yep. together all yeah. the time. He's like that ver- that character. He fits in there with uh, my favorite, the Disney pictures. My favorite little voice he does is one of the bullets to the gun in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. Yep. Yes. 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 He has a very I distinct... I don't know. He went that away. Yeah. He's got a very distinct <laughs> voice. Um... You might also remember him for like a really small part he had in Back to the Future Part 3. He was in the mm-hmm. saloon. Yes. Yeah, I remember that because they were talking about Doc Brown was holding the whiskey and he wasn't yet and even yeah. drank it yet. Yep. He just likes to hold it. Yeah, he was so good. <laughs> He's like your your country western guy and any any character you need. It's very, just a very uh, identifiable voice for sure. It's very Absolutely. unique. We'll never have another one of those, man. That one was... No. That one was perfect. That's one of those actors that you're like, yes, he should voice things. And it doesn't feel like a stunt casting of a celeb. You know, it's like, yeah. no, he's a voice. He seems like a voice actor that just went went, yep. went and did real life stuff. Yep. Uh, very cool. So this episode, uh, we did cover Green Acres Season 4, Episode 8, uh, for those playing along at home. Which is just, I went through, like, how did you pick this episode, Stephen, without a relationship to the show? Well, IMDb has got this great top episodes thing and i was like i don't know <laughs> let me just so one thing youtube had it so there you go it's already fitting 93.76 percent <laughs> of categories we need yep mm-hmm. uh and then i was like okay well imdb says this is also a pretty great episode uh so I was like, okay we'll check it out old mail day and then i read the premise where the basic premise of old mail day is here in hooterville 
They only have one post office, and it's just a go-pick-up-your-mail general store, which is not unrealistic. This yeah. kind of thing existed across the country for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. if you want your mail, you got to go into town and get it because we don't have people to deliver it. Uh, so they, the Postmaster General slash general store owner, uh, not Postmaster General, is it Postmaster? Just the Postmaster of the Post Office Stop, which is like the lord of their fiefdom. And yes. uh, in, in post office lingo. Uh, well, he's also a general store guy, and he occasionally loses mail. You know, one to just drop into the corner, one gets lost in a pickle barrel. You yeah. know, it's, things happen to mail. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. So he's every year they guy. have the ceremony. <laughs> the ceremony where everybody comes down to the general store, and Mr. Drucker hands out the mail. And to a modern eye, this looks like a place where you would have people picketing and angry humans who are like, <laughs> I didn't get this really important letter. But no, everybody, everybody looks at it like this great time. Like, oh, we got to get the mail that we didn't know we needed. Get out the buggle. For the, Let's go. Yeah, we, yeah, get out, get the, out buggle. the buggle. Ralph's got the buggle. Let's roll. Yeah, it's um, a, it is a Hooterville holiday, old mail day. Yeah, yeah, which I mean... Nowadays, you couldn't do that. People no. would be so angry. You know, they didn't get their shipment, you know, or their highlights magazine. <laughs> their whole day was ruined. Uh, but back then, nah, they're fine. They're fine. So anyway, we start off the day. Oliver and Lisa find out that it's old melted. Oliver being uh, Oliver Douglas, a uh, New York guy. Well, he yearns for the... Uh, he's basically Stardew Valley. Uh, that's what it is. He's mm-hmm. yearning, yearning for the country, and he wants to go out there. He's married to this um, socialite. Lisa Douglas, who's played by the amazing Eva Gabor. Oh. Like, she's wonderful. <laughs> Talk about another she's... Disney voice that came from my childhood. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the... she played Bianca in The Rescuers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, in The Rescuers down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, oh, gosh, she's oh. so good. And not to be confused with her sister, Zsa mm-hmm. who is more well-known for, like, publicity things and stuff <laughs> and being a socialite <laughs> and herself. Eva Gabor had a pretty good acting career, like really, really did did the thing there. Um, so she's she's playing the uh, the wife who didn't want to come out to the country, but did. And this is where your fun stuff happens. This is where you've got this couple. One's happy to be in the country. One would rather be in New York. And what happens when you put them in the situation? Mm-hmm. Oh no, we've got a situation and a comedy. Look at that. Well, especially like sitcom. I remember reading something. It was like it's funny how much Oliver wanted to come out here, and Lisa didn't. But Oliver's the one that has the most trouble out here. And Lisa just kind of has slid right she in. And you see in. it in yeah. this episode so well. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things that clues you into why Oliver might be having such a hard time is he's moved to the country and he's still wearing all his suits. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? With like, cufflinks and everything. Just, yeah, I'm like, get, in the, get with the program. Like, everybody wants your wife to look nice. She loves dressing up. Great. But you, you're, you're, you're supposed to be a man of the earth now. Where's your overalls? <laughs> you know? No. He's, he's wondering about, which brings up our first gag of dry cleaning the suit, <laughs> which was just the best. He's looking for his gray suit. He's Lisa, have you seen my gray suit? What's it look like? Well, it's gray. <laughs> it's got pinstripes. Oh, the one with ketchup all over it? Yeah, yeah, that one. Well, I cleaned it. The uh, one with the spaghetti. Cleaned. The spaghetti. It's got that spaghetti. That's what it was. Spaghetti. Send it to be dry cleaned. Oh, well, I put it. I didn't put any water in it or whatever she said. <laughs> the just the powder. powder. Yeah, <laughs> the soap powder. 
And then that's when Eb comes in, who is like, I guess, kind of a Gomer Pyle type kind yeah. of guy. It's Again, I don't know these characters that well, so I'm having to assume a lot based on this episode. Uh, it says it looks like it did a great job to me. Great job dry cleaning that suit. <laughs> and hey, everybody, it's old mail day. So we got to get down to our old mail celebration. Everybody's got to see what's going on. Pat Buttram, uh, the first person we meet outside of the, the three, who's parking the cars. Uh or car, as it were, because yeah. it seems that only Oliver and Lisa ride down, and that's a beautiful Cadillac. Y'all mm-hmm. see that thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, not a nice. seatbelt in sight. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> glorious <laughs> vehicle on the uh, on the dirt road where he. I'm going to go park it like it's a parking spot, but no, it's just the dirt further down the road from the general store. Uh, but Mr. Haney, Pat Buttram is is all after his money. Um, I can't remember how that exact exchange went. Um, basically he's like i'll park it for a dollar and he's like why would i pay you a dollar i can park it myself so he parks it and mr haney shows up and goes well that'll be two dollars he goes two dollars for what well for the parking spot he's like i'm not paying you two dollars all right well do you want to just pay me eight now or do you want to wait until they tow your car (laughs) (laughs) also i I looked it up a dollar back then is equivalent to about 10 bucks today Oh, man. No wonder he was fussy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah that's... What What year was this, Audie? Is this 1960-something? 67? Uh, let's see. 68, 68 yeah. 68. Mm-hmm. 68. I was so close. You can tell. Once you've watched enough classic TV, you can tell the era from the, <laughs> the colors yep. that you're looking at. It had to be that back then. Yeah. So they all get set up, and then the buggle comes out. I forgot all about the buggle. I'm glad you guys said that. So Ralph comes down to celebrate Old Mel Day, and Ralph is the the buggle person. Uh, Ralph played by, oh, what's her name? I, had, Mary, I looked her up. Cause, Mary, Mary Grace, Grace Canfield. Canfield. Yep. Yeah. Mary, Mary Grace Canfield, who apparently regretted that this role is the role she's best known for. <laughs> she's always like, I've done so much, and I'm remembered as Ralph on Green Acres, and she was not super happy about that. Uh, but she did a great job. She's always in painter's overalls, getting into some kind of trouble. Um, but yeah, so she's got the bugle, but everybody pronounces it buggle, and just basically blows it like an air horn uh, to to let everybody know to come out. But then when it's time to start the celebration, she blows it like the best. She's the best bugler you ever seen. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, yeah, so, that, so we got her all set up uh, doing her thing. And then old mail day starts. And we get a handful of different pieces of mail from Mr. Drucker, who finds them in all random different places. We Fred, broke a record. Uh, yeah. Yeah, broke a record. He had the oldest letter that went to, that went to Fred. Mm-hmm. Fred, who reminded me an awful lot of my grandpa. Um, <laughs> like, my grandpa never wore overalls, but I feel like if he did, he would have his thumbs in the straps all the time. Because he mean, wore, like, Dickie's work pants, and his hands were always down the back. My pockets. My dad loves a pair of suspenders, so like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think they deserve more respect. Suspenders, not my Absolutely. dad. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I agree with Marty you. McFly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Travis. Uh, so Fred gets a draft letter for World War Two. <laughs> World War One. Uh, World War One. World War One. Yeah. 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 That, that letter was from 1917. Yeah. <laughs> Signed by Woodrow Which Wilson. Which makes me wonder, how long has Sam been running this dang store? Good Lord. <laughs> That's a good point. He's been around for a hot minute. 
But yeah, Fred was uh, t- supposed to report to the draft and never did. But nobody ever came from him. That's okay. And then we get even more fun when Mr. Haney gets his letter that says he's being sued because he didn't return a shovel. Uh, and that was from years in the past. And like, can they do that? <laughs> but evidently, statute of limitations, maybe. He never responded, so it's not really a big deal. Well, especially uh, when Oliver's like, that company doesn't exist anymore. So That's right. It's the WPA, which I don't even know yeah. what that stands for. Yeah, I didn't have looked up, up that still, trivia. It's like, yeah, they can't see you because they're not here. <laughs> they're not around. They don't exist. And he got, Mr. Haney got his $8 shovel for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good for him. Uh, then uh, I'll, we get. I think Eb gets a letter, but we don't yes. really find out what it is. He just drops the box on the ground. <laughs> I love everybody. that bit. That bit was, was wonderful. Oh, for me. In this giant, like, basically cinder block box just hits the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Oliver gets a note. And this is where the crazy shenanigans begin in Old Mail Day. Oliver gets his mail, and it's a letter saying, because you didn't respond to our first letter, it's from his brokerage accountant, uh, we're going to be shutting down your margin account, whatever that is. I'm not a finance guy. I don't know. All I know is that it it means that he's going to lose $300. He's like, I never got a first notice. And Mr. Drucker, being happy as could be on Old Mail Day celebration, says, oh, well, here it is. <laughs> and sure enough, it's the letter saying you have a problem. So he's like, I'm out $300. Uh, to which Alvy responds, was it all in one bill? <laughs> which yeah. I thought. Like, you shouldn't just... be carrying that much around. <laughs> I just lost $300. Is it all in one bill? That was good. That was, that was really great. I was, I was pretty excited about that one. So then uh, we get to, like, why is the mail getting lost? This is ridiculous. This post office needs some help. Uh, to which they find out that there's the classification of the post office. is just like, you got to come get the mail. It's basically best effort, I think, is the way I interpreted. Uh, what, was, what was the actual initials that he used? I can't remember. Class that. 3 ND substation. ND, no delivery. No delivery. No delivery. That's right. So it's like, basically, come get your mail. And Oliver can't have this. You know, he didn't move out here to have to drive. He's like, this is a community that should have mail delivery. You can and take so the boy out of the city. That's, that's You're right. You're right. He's going to try to change everything. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's not working out. So he wants to write up a letter, which brings us to the living room of Oliver and Lisa, where he's trying to find his typewriter. Uh, <laughs> this this whole thing was pretty great to me because she, nobody knows where it is. She ends up having the the typewriter case holding cake mm-hmm. for Carl Flappenhauer Fink, Fink, Finkel Finkel Finkelman something Finkel like something like that Carl Funkweiler <laughs> Funkweiler Funkweiler. See, I knew this is why there's four of us. It, <laughs> it takes four of us to get it. It takes four people to remember a 22-minute episode of television. <laughs> so, <laughs> Carl Funkweiler's cake, because it was on sale, because Carl never came to pick it up. So she got a cake and a bunch of plates for it, or a dozen plates, and put his, the cake in the typewriter, uh, <laughs> typewriter case. Well, because in Hungary, that's called a cake box. That's right. The cake. I mean, hey, you know what? I looked at that, and I thought, sure. That sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skeezix in the chat says typewriter scene reminded uh, reminded them of Amelia Bedelia. Yeah. Y'all, remember, y'all remember those books? Oh, yeah. You know, Amelia Bedelia, Pitch so, of the Tent uh, and stuff. 
Yeah, so my 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 real name's Amelia. So yeah, I am vaguely familiar. Oh, you're very familiar. <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar or for with worse. the material. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't have to lay that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so Eb comes in because he's like, "Oh yeah, I had to write a letter to was it his girlfriend? His yeah. girlfriend? Somebody? Yeah, he's writing a letter to his girlfriend." And he needed the typewriter to do it, which he thought was a player. Piece. They described it. They described it as keys. So he didn't know what they were talking keys about. And Oliver's and like, rollers. It's keys? You put paper? Rollers, rollers you put, put paper? Oh, player piano. <laughs> well, it's funny that Lisa <laughs> said part. that first, and then Eb comes in and says the exact same thing. And the best part is her face when Eb says it, because she's like, see? I told you. I told you. <laughs> When he gets all yeah, flustered absolutely. and she's like, don't have a temper transom. And then he's trying to tell her temper tantrum and he, he can't say it right. And she's like, you know, from being born here, you don't speak the language very well. <laughs> They're both so good perfect. in all of this. Like there's there's he just plays such a great straight man amongst all this crazy where he's Which, the part he's the chaos he's the reason for the issues mm-hmm. which we but you got all these knuckleheads we breezed past like the very opening scene which is like the best scene between the two of them because he's like he starts talking to her you know he's like good morning and he starts talking to her and she's like aren't you going to give me a kiss and she's like oh, well yeah. one thing's for sure you're not a sex fiend because <laughs> <laughs> he kisses her on the cheek yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> he always what used to kiss doing? me on the lips yes but these are lips i think you have them on upside down <laughs> 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 oh. so good you're right Right, I'm and sorry, that's, I screwed that's, it past that's that. the very beginning and i was like so all in at that point mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like great we're here <laughs> You're like I'm starting to see why this ran for many seasons. Yeah. Like if the fantastic if, if the theme song didn't get you, that scene did. Like mm-hmm. it was so yeah. good. <laughs> they just they just do so well against each other. And one of the pieces of trivia about this is they apparently were very good friends. Uh, Eddie Albert is the name of the guy playing Oliver, and then of course Eva Gabor were very very close friends uh, after this show. Like they had a really strong relationship. To the point when uh, Eva passed away in 1995, Albert was just completely heartbroken. They said like mm. he was just a, an absolute wreck, and they ended up getting married just a few or getting married, getting buried uh, just a few yards from each other uh, mm. at the same cemetery because they were like that tight after this show. So they had such a good chemistry. That's why you often see them like either one of them's hands on the other uh, yeah. when they're shooting because they were just they were just that close. Um, this was also one of the first shows that had a man and a woman sharing a bed on screen, oh, uh, wow. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Like that was wild because you know I didn't really know when that changed because we were used to seeing it in Dick Van Dyke and I Love Lucy, and then we were like I don't know somewhere somewhere in the '60s they started showing that <laughs> the Flintstones. They weren't. Yeah, the Flintstones <laughs> was the first because they were a cartoon, yeah, and that's how they got away with it. Uh, beyond that, uh, there was the Munsters, the Adams Family, and Bewitched all showed the couples in the same bed. But CBS only allowed that because they were not fully human. Uh, <laughs> that was the ha- that was the way they got around I it. Love it. I wow. These are not fully it. human characters. Which the Adams Family's human? I don't yeah. know. They're weird. They're, they're weird creepy and they're kooky. They're well, all together spooky. You know. Yeah. But they're Millie's not there. Well, 
technically. Right, yeah. yeah. You're okay. You're right. And, and like <laughs> Herman is Herman's human, but like not just one. He's like several. Yeah, that's true. Multiple. That's true. <laughs> Herman is an amalgamation of different humans. Yeah, and somehow they wound up with a werewolf child, so, you know. <laughs> hey, look, fine. things happen. Yeah. Things happen. I love the monsters. Don't worry, you. everybody. We're we'll get, get to there. That <laughs> I don't know when. We're get we'll there. make it happen. Yeah, but yeah, Oliver and Lisa were the first fully human couple to be shown in bed and shown intimate in bed, like a kiss before bed kind of situation. Whoa, slow Ooh. down standards and practices. <laughs> this, is, this is getting intense. My children are still awake during this show. Come on. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's until that you was... actually see the bedroom and see, like, it's still only half built anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's like, well, you're going to move out, like, at least start fixing the house. Come on, how long have you been here, guys? Like, what, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so they get this, this cake thing resolved because Eb, Eb basically says, I had to send the typewriter to her to write me back. Uh, so that that whole thing happened. But eventually this resolves. Oliver writes his letter. He takes it down to Mr. Drucker. And Mr. Drucker is not super excited about taking Oliver's letter. No. Because Oliver has sent letters, and every letter he sent has caused them problems. Which sent is, a letter to the water company. They didn't have water for a month. We, we all know these people that come in and think, like, it's every time you have a new manager from the outside, right? And they're like think they understand how to run things better yep mm-hmm. and you're like mm-hmm. no you're not from here you don't know like just well, let it just let it work going back to when he's looking for the typewriter lisa's like nobody wants you to do this and he's like oh they all want it they're just too lazy yeah. to do anything i was like man rich man's mm-hmm. words mm-hmm. way to go there <laughs> oliver yeah nobody wants to work anymore in green acres <laughs> You're really not assimilating into the community no, very well. No. no, this is what people in my area. We're, our town is called Concentrated Area of Relocated Yankees uh, because <laughs> it's, we always run into like New Yorkers who are like, "What are you doing? Why is this place wrong or whatever? Why is it doing everything?" We're like, "We're slow, man. This is the South. Assimilate. Enjoy the speed." Speaking of, there's a story. What got one time I heard some people very thick New York accent, like New York. Oh accents at jc penny and what the kid kept going oh my god oh my god his mom goes you can't say that around here don't worry that's pretty good crack me up anyway that's what we got going on here just fish out of water mm-hmm. completely mm. uh but mr drucker takes these letters or gives gives or takes the letter finally uh, after trying to hand it like just go sleep on it which i love because it's a tactic Write the email, delete it, you know, or whatever Abraham Lincoln did. Write the angry letter and then mm-hmm. throw it in the fire. Just yes. get it out of your system. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Drucker wants him to sleep on it, but that's not going to happen. So he gives him the, he gives the letter, it goes off. Sure enough, guess what? The post office has been upgraded. It's no longer an ND. What's the classification it gets? Adi, I know you wrote it down. Class 2 PD-BB, which stands there for go. Postmaster Delivers-By- Bicycle. Yes. So not not only did they not get a lot of improvement, but they did get delivery. It's just poor Mr. Drucker has to deliver all the letters <laughs> by bicycle. And then we which get I, malicious I, I, compliance, which I am into. <laughs> then, then it gets real good. It's, it's passive aggression at its finest. Mm-hmm. So how many of y'all, y'all, do y'all ride bikes frequently? 
Bike riders? I mean, I have. Not lately. I have ridden a bike in my lifetime. (laughs) Uh, But we did get mount. We got a mountain bike for free. And I was like, I'm going to go test it out. Don't do that. Don't go very far. Like, whatever you remember about riding a bike, it's However far you think you can go, go half that way because you got to get back. Just pull it back a quarter, actually. Just, Just go. You're just testing the bike. Just get a feel for it. Don't. So I mean, this is a big area, apparently, because I think in his first route, Mr. Drucker went 62 miles yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. He pedaled on the bike he had, which wasn't an 18-speed no. Lance Armstrong. Nope. It was basically a, a 10-year-old fighter bike, you know. There ain't no gears on that thing. Mm-mm. He's just hauling butt over those hills using nothing but the power of his mighty God-given legs, <laughs> which are not that... Mighty. Not so mighty. <laughs> no. no, but it's fine. It's you know, it's a show. Um, but the next next scene we get is him setting up a mailbox, and Miss Oliver is just excited about his mailbox. We're beyond which I get about that. Like I, mm-hmm. I understand yeah. that. You know, yeah, he's lived in New York. He's had like the mailbox in the lobby or whatever, and now he's got an actual mailbox with his name on it. That was one of the most exciting things I had about buying a house. I was like, we're gonna paint our mailbox and put our name on it. Look at us. Eb's response, though. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What did Eb say? To think I've wasted my dreams on such dull stuff as Sophia Loren. Loren. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) You're shaking the mailbox. Yeah, my hand always shakes when I think of Sophia. (laughs) (laughs) No, you ought ought to put her name on there. Probably get some real interesting mail. (laughs) Real good mail. (laughs) That was good. I, I love that he entrusted Oliver entrusted Eb to paint one side of the mailbox, and he paints the because there's no way I'm letting anybody but me paint uh-uh. both sides of my mailbox because mm-hmm. I don't trust anybody. But that just shows the level of you know care and appreciation that this town has for each other. Was it misplaced? Yes, yes, the trust <laughs> was misplaced. Douglas is spelled D O U G L A S, and Eb on the other side has spelled it D U. G-L-A-S. But the best keep... part is that it's Eb that points out <laughs> that Oliver made a mistake. There's no <laughs> you did it wrong. And Douglas. No, there is. <laughs> Not on my side. <laughs> also, Oliver was a sign painter at some point. Yeah. Right. Because uh, those oh, letters yeah. were... Well, even nice. Lisa comes out and tells him Oliver he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With Douglas. Why did you put an O? <laughs> And then they're like, and the best part is there a, is. Well, not on my side. <laughs> right, there's not a, and that really he said that multiple times. There's no O on, on my side of the thing. Uh, so Mr. Drucker comes swinging around about this time, and he's going to deliver them their mail. And he looks at it and he says, Oh, I got some mail for you. Wait a minute. This is for Douglas with an O. <laughs> well, got to go. <laughs> before that, he rolls sure. up and he, he's like, You know, hi, Mr. Drucker. Just, well, how you doing? Oliver says, you know, well, how are you doing? He goes, if I had any strength left, I'd punch you right in the nose. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the second time he threatened to punch him. Like, after he got the initial male classification change, he was like, I'd punch you in the nose. (laughs) The the malicious compliance was so good. He wouldn't deliver it Mm -hmm. because there wasn't, that it was the wrong name on the mailbox. And then when he came back the next day, they're all standing out there waiting, and he pulls up, and then he's about to hand it to him, and he knows what he's doing. 
Because oh, he yeah. pulls the oh, mail out. Oh, yeah. and he's like, Malicious oh, wait a minute. compliance. What, what time is it? Ten. It's ten after four. Ten after oh, I'm four. sorry. I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow. Because <laughs> the classification can only deliver between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. Still take those ten minutes to get out there. Love it. He's Love a, to see it. He's a government employee. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Figure it out. Yep. I know when I'm getting paid. Mm-hmm. And it's not right now. So it's going back in the bag. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> so, okay. So they get all that done. And then Oliver ends up going back down to the general store. And y'all interrupt me anytime I miss something critical. I mean, he goes down to we know store. that every time something happens, it's just a fiesta. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> every time you do this, a fiesta. Fiasco. Oh, this is so great. Um, so he goes down to the general store and he finds Mr. Haney, Ralph, uh, Alvy, and Fred all sitting out front. And he's... It's like, what's everybody doing out here? Because he needs to go in there. He's going to talk to Mr. Drucker, but Mr. Drucker's not there, right? He's going to go pick up the mail, and Lisa asked him to get some groceries because all they have left is a stale piece of uh, Carl Funkweiler's cake. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. (laughs) Man, I really want Carl Funkweiler's cake. Like, we ever have a Those Were the Days? Oh, I will bake us a Carl Funkweiler cake. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. That's that's what I was hoping for. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets there, and he's like, what's everybody doing? They're all out there because they haven't eaten in a week because they can't (laughs) get food from anywhere. No, they can't get food from the store here. Yeah, they can't get food from the general store. They could go to Pixley, but they'd have to pay cash for everything. Oh, yeah, because they 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 can't put it on credit. credit. Yeah. There ain't been cash in this valley in 28 years. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Love to see it. Let me tell you. They're on credit. That's a running theme. I'm starting to understand the the appeal of Green Acres. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like... It it was the line from Ralph, too, where it's like, well, uh, Mr. Drucker is delivering mail from 8 to 4, and then from 4 to 10, he's liniment his legs. (laughs) (laughs) So he he ain't never got the store open. (laughs) So everybody's pretty pretty tore up at Oliver, and he's going to fix it, though, because he's going to write a new letter uh, to get get this resolved. So Mr. Drucker can have an employee... To drive around or, or ride a bike or whatever and but deliver the mail for him. First, they measure him to figure out how many pounds of feathers it's going to take to tar That's and feather. right, the tar and <laughs> feather, <laughs> yeah. Because yep. they just walk around nonchalantly and go, oh, he's just checking to see if the tar is boiling yet. <laughs> like, if the store had been open, we were going to buy a rope. What? Well, <laughs> well we weren't going to buy it. We were going to put it on credit. <laughs> <laughs> Violence is always the option. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, what what would you do if he kept coming in and ruining everything? This town that went without water for a month because he wrote a letter. You know, yeah. power was out for a week because he wrote a letter. This guy's got to quit writing letters. That's yeah. all I know for sure. So he writes a new letter uh, to try and resolve the situation, and they end up. What happened after that? So they end up getting. So Drucker comes out to the new classification. Yeah. To hatch it down Oliver's mailbox. <laughs> That's right. Mailbox. He's hatching he's, down he's the mailbox. He's humming and chopping. Chopping mm-hmm. and humming. Which I guess he's allowed, is he allowed to do that as a postal employee? Because, you know, they own the mailbox to a degree. I mean, right? You can open the mailbox and they can open the mailbox. Mm-hmm. I don't if think the mailbox he is a problem. Cares. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. He doesn't know. <laughs> like, no. <clears throat> but at that time, probably. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they're like, oh, well, okay, you're, you're chopping down the mailbox. What's going on? Well, they got reclassified to, to what, Adi? Well, specifically, they said there's 28 families who would rather right. have mail and Put stuff. So they could eat than have mail. Would rather eat than have mail. So he put that in his letter. Well, apparently, postal code two twelve says you can have a post office for thirty two or more families. So this post office is now closed, and you have to go to <laughs> Pixley, which I'm guessing is a good ways off, uh, or a decent drive anyway. It's you know. certainly not downtown at no. the general store. Where you got to take the train anyway to, go to down buy to everything on credit. Got to take the train. Yeah. Oh, geez. Mm. Maybe that's past Petticoat Junction. Who knows? <laughs> it is. But yeah. So now they now they've ruined it even more. As nobody could get their mail locally. Uh, good job, Oliver. Well done. And but, then uh, Oliver says he's going to go mail the letter. Mail the letter. And Drucker's like, "Oh, while you're down down there, can you get me some <laughs> tar and some feathers? I've had a big run on them this week. Fifty pounds of tar and six bags of feathers." Had a big run on him this morning, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's where that's where we end it, right? That's yeah, where the so show, the episode. Lisa's oh, like, yeah. "Why? Why do they? Why do they want tar?" And he's like, "Oh, they're just trying to frighten me. You know, every time it happens, they threaten to tar and feather me." And <laughs> she she tells the story about how they mm-hmm. did that to her uncle, uh, and his and and her aunt saw him and uh, fell in love with him. Is what? She was a nearsighted Robin. End of episode. <laughs> and that's it. Mic drop on that, and there we go. Roll credits. And that's the end it of was the, the episode. Um, pretty great uh, stuff. Uh, I did manage to write down some other trivia about, about Green Acres in general. I thought this was pretty cool. So despite the popularity of Green Acres, Petticoat Junction, and Mayberry RFD, CBS canceled all three uh, in an effort to become more hip. Uh, because they're trying to go for a younger demographic. Those shows skewed old sure. and rural. Uh, the joke came out of it. It's apparently a legendary joke. That CBS canceled every show with a tree in it. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> okay. That's, that's really good. Known and as the was, Rural Purge. Yes. Yeah. They just got rid of every country show. And, and also... MCU, eat your heart out, but the Beverly Hillbillies apparently took place in the same cinematic universe mm-hmm. as as Petticoat Junction and uh, Green Acres, mm-hmm. which I had no idea. I don't think they're they mention each other, um, so it must have been a must have been a different. You know, yeah, I'm not sure. I, f- I feel like there was a crossover episode at some point. Like, I don't know for certain, but I just feel like I remember that, or maybe it was Arnold. I don't. I'm not sure. Arnold the pig might have been in more than one thing. Mm-hmm. Well, he was famous. Oh, we he was didn't definitely... talk about that. Yeah, we didn't talk about Arnold. He no, parked his bicycle because <laughs> uh, Oliver had parked Oliver. his car in, in Arnold in the place where Arnold parks his bike. And everybody and, just that's yes because the and pig I, is squealing after the buggle, and he's like, "What's <laughs> up with him? Well, you parked your car in his spot. his bike." I, I love that everyone understands Arnold and just talks to him like a normal, like it's just completely normal. Because they start mm-hmm. doing the, the ceremony and Arnold's complaining and Fred just looks uh, looks at him and is like, well, I know you know what's going on, but there's folk here that ain't never seen this before. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great way to get around like, we're going to explain the thing that we do for the audience because 
Mm-hmm. Somehow, Oliver and Lisa have been living there for three or four years and have never seen Old Mail Day. Yeah. Well, maybe Ab never came and got him. That know? could be. Yeah. I forgot to mention the joke in the middle where Ab does come and the phone's ringing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the phone in Green Acres, if you're familiar with the show, is like the top of the telephone pole. Like, you have to climb up and answer it. Uh, it's, part, it's, a, it's like a party line, but to the extreme, just directly <laughs> mm-hmm. hooked into the telephone, which you can still do now, you know? So they make those orange phones, you plug them in, and yeah. boop, you're right at the top of the telephone pole. Uh, but Eb says, I'm pretty sure it's for you. He's like, well, how do you know it's for me? I haven't answered it. He said, well, Mr. Drucker told me to tell you. Well, first he says, he, my ring is friendlier. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, that's right. My ring is my sweeter. Ring is sweeter. <laughs> So he says, Mr. Drugger told me to tell you to do to come down to the general store, but I knew that I would forget, so when it rang, I knew it was him, or he said he would, that if you didn't if, come down, he would call. In an hour, yeah. So, and I knew I, I forgot, forgot, so now I'm telling you. Anyway, I did that way worse than <laughs> but what I'm saying is I really like that joke. That That's was good. Really great. Good. Yeah. Um, one of the things that makes me want to repeat this show go back and watch it one more time, is this cool factoid about Green Acres. Writers would often give Eddie Albert, who plays Oliver, a bogus script. Uh, So his reactions were genuine when another actor threw out a line he didn't expect. And it's usually him making a really confused face going, what? (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Oh, that's so good. Genuine reaction. That's real good. That is... so. It's uh, this show is not what I expected. Having I watched it a, a good deal as a kid, but it wasn't one of those that hammered itself into my memory very well. I don't think I Same. watched it for long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's watching it now. It's like I always figured Oliver was going to be the one dealing with all the knuckleheads and having to solve all the problems. But he's causing all the problems. Like yeah. we mentioned at the top of the show, I love that dynamic. That he's the fish out of water, Lisa's actually fine, everybody else is fine. He has yeah. no idea. Yeah, no, I definitely, really like, cool. my memories of this show were very different from what it was, and it's so much better than I remembered it. It's so, it's so smartly written, the jokes are genuinely yes. funny, and the characters are just outlandish and crazy. Like, Sam, like Mr. Drucker loved him, loved mm-hmm. every yes. second he was on mm-hmm. screen. And just all of it. I, I couldn't get they're it that They're that kind of outlandish, though, that you're like, it's like Christopher Guest characters, right? Is they're like, you know they're over the top, but also they're not really. Right. <laughs> like, you're like, mm, yeah, I know it's supposed to be, you know, extreme and exaggerated, but it's I definitely know these people. That's fine. Right, like Fred yeah, Fred all... Ziffel is a, is, is a real dude. Like, there's really a guy oh, yeah. out yes. there like Fred Ziffel, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I happen to. I plan to be uh, Fred Ziffel when I become an old man. <laughs> that is my goal. That is a solid goal to have, sir. Just, just salt of the earth, the hayseed fella. That's what I want to be one day when I grow up. Uh, that's my plan. He just he reminded me so much of my grandpa. I don't know why. Just so that, that drawl. <laughs> Something about him. He seemed pure country. You know, like that guy definitely walked from Memphis, Tennessee to L.A. Yeah, <laughs> kind of vibe I got yeah. out of it. Everybody else might be like really into being famous, but he was like, "I'm just gonna wander and see what I find," and ended up on the set of Green Acres. <laughs> and they just never—they just let him stay. They were like, "Yeah, yeah, 
And yeah. I, <laughs> and, and also, like, there was such a charm to the look of the show because it's very clearly all done on a soundstage. All of the backgrounds are just like a sheet that has, uh-huh. yeah. like, stuff painted on it, and it's clear that it is. But I loved that. Like, there, it was so charming looking for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not yeah. trying, like, it's not trying to pull it. Like, it knows that you're not going to be fooled. So, right. like, we don't need to. It's almost like a stage mm-hmm. play in that way. You know what I mean? Like, you get the, yeah. like, here's the shorthand. You understand it. Yep. We can all, we yeah. can all carry on now. Yeah, you're right. And this is, I mean, I don't know how long color sitcoms had been going on when this finally dropped, but they had to be fairly new i remembered the show being black and white so really that was my memory of it now maybe i watched it on a black and white tv is possible (laughs) or the first couple of seasons were black and white um i don't remember but that's that's my memory of the show was that it was all in black and white i know bewitched made the switch somewhere in its run it went from black and white to color and they switched darren's at the same time Maybe we'll do that on a future mm-hmm. episode. No, I watched the first couple episodes on YouTube after watching this just to kind of figure out what's going on. And they were in color, so I think this was color all the way. They did, I saw they did that. colorize I, a lot of stuff at one point, too, though. So. That's true. That's true, yeah. It's all yeah, I, I, I probably just had like a little nine-inch black-and-white TV with like rabbit ears or something, and that's what I'm remembering. With aluminum foil all over them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just bend them just right. And pick everything up. Oh yeah. Oh man, my grandma had TV like that. I remember them days. You just tw- tilt them just a little bit, or just hold it while everyone else watches TV. Yeah, you got to so get you- that. You go in the kitchen and you get the roll of aluminum foil, and then you put you crunch it up on the end, and then you can get a little bit more out of it. <laughs> These are the kind of hacks that I, I think that the world needs. You know, like, <laughs> let that practice disappear. My Children grandma need to understand the pressure. My grandma had an antenna like up on a big pole in the backyard, and there was like a control in the house mm-hmm. that could make it like it was a big deal. Yeah, because you had to yeah. turn it and yeah. aim it. Yeah, yeah. My uncle actually had one of those big yard satellite dishes. Remember them? A buddy of mine. Way out, like he was his early grandpa adopter. Had one of those. Yeah, I mean, they lived in the middle of nowhere. Cable wasn't going to come anywhere near them. Forever. Well, we both of my parents worked for a broadcast television station, so we were we were not cable people. At all. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. Mm. Get out of my house, Ted Turner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying for TV. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, man, I had a I had a really good fun uh, time watching this show. I was glad to have picked it. I wasn't sure what we were gonna get. Um, it's one of those where when you don't have a strong connection to it, you're like, how am I gonna pick it? How am I? Gonna, it was, how's this gonna go? Probably similar to how just the ten of us was for you, Audie. You remember watching it and having mm-hmm. a good time with it, but it's like there's no like, oh my gosh, this show is my heart and soul kind of feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because Lord yeah, knows we needed like, the palate cleanser this week. <laughs> yeah, we did. I'm glad we picked something pure. Uh, this felt pretty good, uh, but it was what was funny. I'll, I'll mention the episode that was this one was up against because there's Old Mel Day and the the number one best episode ever was apparently an episode regarding the IRS. <laughs> I watched a little bit of it, and I was it wasn't that I didn't want to pick it. It was that it was just low quality on the YouTube um, or on Daily Motion or something. Somebody it, it was just terrible. Uh, but it, it was basically an IRS scheme where the the town learns that. 
Oliver's getting income uh, refunds, like income tax returns. And they're like, I got a check for $200. And they're like, where'd you get $200? They're like, the government sends it to you after you do your income tax and you overpay. So Fred and Alvy are sitting in the general store going, going, well, how do you get that? I don't understand. Well, you just file your income taxes. Well, I've never done income taxes. How have you never done income taxes? <laughs> well, I've never had any income. <laughs> so they've never done taxes. But they get this idea they end up writing into the IRS to get money back uh, for, for their, their income tax. And the IRS sends them checks. And with the checks, they invest in, like, it was a monkey track racing thing or something. They got one <laughs> built in Hooverville. And then the government, when they finally come to be like, give us back your, give us the money, they find out it had already been used to build this really prospering, like, monkey racing track. <laughs> And then the government ends up going, never mind. We're just going to invest in the track. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's good. That's good. I just read the synopsis, but I really wish that it had been uh, better quality. Maybe. Maybe next time around uh, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, but this was really good. I don't think we got any feedback on it, uh, Travis. Did we get any I mail? I don't did not it. see any mail, though. We'll check back on Old Mail Day. Yeah, maybe it was yeah. down in the pickle jar. <laughs> it's in a box oh, marked Hamdingers. Uh, <laughs> yup. So Skizik says this is a show I know I watched as a kid, but couldn't tell you what happened in it. So very much yeah. like the rest of us. Darkness Files uh, said my grandpa used to take me to the monkey races as a child. <laughs> I don't know. Is that real? Like, is that an actual thing? Or are we being trolled? We got pretty good. one other response on Twitter. Um, oh, sweet. Oh, Skizik, you're here. So. Um, but they said, uh, Nick at night block party summer staple. My farmer grandparents loved watching the reruns on me TV in the early two thousands. Been humming the theme song all day. That, okay. That's block party. That, that sounds familiar. That might've been why I saw a few episodes of it, like on Nick at night, but it never ran the whole season at a time I was watching it. If Probably. I remember yeah, right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause I was watching Nick at night from nine to 10 to 10.30, depending on how old I was. <laughs> Which, um, I also wondered how much control whoever owns it controls this. Because I was trying to just look for the clip from Son-in-Law where he's singing the theme song. Mm-hmm. Could not find it anywhere. Like, I had to go... Really? Hmm. I had to go I watch the movie. So, I ended up watching it through Hoopla, but um, that was the only way. Because I was going through my mind like did he actually sing that was that the song you sing i thought it was and then i watched watch the movies like yep <laughs> oh yeah they actually played the whole theme too it's him singing it over the theme mm-hmm. as they're riding past right. the cornfields and so i've seen that movie a lot of times yeah well, it was <laughs> it was jay summers that created it uh who obviously also created petticoat junction dennis the menace mm-hmm. was uh, a series that he wrote for uh wrote nice. the movie gordy which I didn't realize. Oh wow! Nice. Um, yeah, the, so the ba- that was Dante's Peak and Volcano, yep. but with pigs. Exactly. <laughs> Babe, Babe Gordy. and Gordy. Babe and Gordy. That's right. They always come in twos, though. Babe was superior. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. Sorry, um, John Summers. And then uh, we did get one piece of feedback from last week's episode. Uh-oh. Oh, nice. Uh, so we got an email from <laughs> Julia Norman. Uh, and, Lord, uh, who's that? The- <laughs> The subject was just the 10 of us. Nope. Don't like that. Amy (laughs) loved the audio of your sighing through the whole episode and could feel your (laughs) eyes rolling over the plot of this show. 
I'm glad the three guys are modern and enlightened enough and are just as frustrated with the tropes and stereotypes as Amy was. I'm on board with getting eight thumbs down from y'all. I promise I'd have dragged you with me. <laughs> yeah, there there wasn't a lot of choice involved in that, but uh, no. No, we that was a universally derided show. So that was terrible. Yeah, thank you, Adi, for taking one for the team. Yeah, you're one. welcome. Making sure we will watch something sure. stupid. We I mean, need, look, we need that. It, it's not. It's not going to be the last time that happens. All right. No. We know no. This. no. We, we know. No. This. Wait till we start scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, just that <laughs> one random show that ran for a season in '72. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're gonna get there. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a good much. time. But for now, we can be glad that we enjoyed uh, Green Acres, uh, and that uh, thank you all for coming along uh, on the journey so out into the countryside. Uh, but next week, mm-hmm. Amy's going to take us somewhere. Where are we going, Amy? Um, so we're going to watch a spinoff of a show that we have watched. And it's also a show that I made you watch. <gasps> so we're going to watch Empty Nest. Uh, we're actually going nice. to watch the pilot. It's available on YouTube. I found a, uh, it's like a, it's a whole channel of like older TV. So this is a good, it was a good resource that I found. Um, If you want to watch the backdoor pilot for this show, uh, you can watch The Golden Girls, uh, Season 5, Episode 7, Not Another Monday. Fair warning, it is a very special episode, Uh, but it is is the backdoor pilot for this one. But the very special part is not related to the backdoor pilot part. The backdoor pilot is the B-plot. But yeah, Harry Weston and Dreyfus, who is the best part of Empty Nest... Um, and Laverne, yes. I think her name's Laverne. It's Laverne. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, this this excited. is one I remember. I I'm not sure that I remember much about the show, but I definitely remember watching the show. So this will be interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I, I, so far, all of Amy's picks have been legit. <laughs> we get to go back to this universe. I'm ready for it. Uh, if you're watching at home and you want to be a part of the conversation. Uh, join us at those were the or those days show on Twitter. Those were the days show at gmail dot com for your emails. And uh, I don't know. I want to start putting more stuff out there on the Twitters for y'all, like clips of old shows, stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, get subscribed to the podcast, man. Help our numbers. Go to your Spotify and just hit that follow button or your Apple podcast and download it. It's good stuff. It helps us. It makes it look like people care about this show. <laughs> uh, even if you watch live, just grab it because there's one thing you're not getting that uh-huh. you need, and that's Travis's hard work <laughs> on the previously on segments, which are fantastic <laughs> and so worth good. the price of admission. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Travis puts in a lot of work, so go listen to it because it's at the top of the episode. Just subscribe to the show, listen for 30 seconds, and put it away. You put it away because you heard it already. Just get them numbers up. Help us have, out. Also, leave us a review. Yeah. Have we put a poll out yet? No. Ooh. I forgot about the poll. There is a poll coming. <laughs> nope. There's uh, a poll, poll coming because you have to pick our next our next theme. Travis, poll. what are our choices? I know we've got cop show, cooking. Uh, um, game shows. and Game shows. Uh, jumping the shark, was, right? Jumping the shark. Jumping the shark. Jumping the shark. Yep. All right. That so there's poll, your choices. It's going up right now. All right. We're getting a poll on the Twitter at Those Days Show for your cooking shows, cop shows, jumping the shark, and game shows. Uh, So be on the lookout. 
for that. Vote for what you want us to do next, and we'll announce that next week after we uh, go to Empty Nest with Amy. Thank you all for joining us uh, this week to talk about Green Acres. We love you all. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we'll see you next time on Those Were the Days. <laughs>